Good afternoon and welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community. Your host is Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. This hour is designed to inspire, inform, and to help you live better with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo. Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer, an internet radio show that focuses on informing and inspiring people to live well with cancer. I'm your host, Kim Tibaldo, CEO of the Cancer Support Community. The Cancer Support Community is a global nonprofit network of 175 locations, including Cancer Support Community and Gildas Club Centers and hospital and healthcare partnerships. These locations, along with the toll-free helpline, digital services, and educational materials, provide $50 million in free support services to patients and families every year. Uh, so not long ago, I got a call from the Cancer Support Community's president, Linda House, about a documentary film that she had just seen at the Heartland Film Festival. Phil's Camino features the story of Phil Volker, who is living with stage four cancer and about his dreams of walking the Camino de Santiago, a 500-mile pilgrimage across Spain. Many of you, you know Linda because she's been a guest host on the show, so you know how passionate she is about sharing stories with you that inspire, inform, and give a renewed sense of hope. Linda thought the message of this film was extremely powerful, and I agree. So it's my pleasure to have on the show today Phil Volker and the film's director and producer, Annie O'Neill. Let me tell you a little bit about them before we get started. So Phil is a veteran, a husband, a father, an outdoorsman, and a Catholic. He was diagnosed in 2011 with colon cancer, which then metastasized to his liver and lungs. Phil believes his cancer has connected him to a whole new world of gratitude, awareness, and healing, all of which he believes have kept him alive. Welcome to the show, Phil. Hello, Kim. I'm really glad to be here. In addition to Phil's Camino, Annie has worked as a producer on her own original series. She first walked the Camino de Santiago in 2009. Walking alone, she was a featured pilgrim in the documentary Walking the Camino, Six Ways to Santiago, which she also co-produced. Annie's also the author of the book Everyday Camino with Annie. Her love of film goes back to her high school days when she made her first film. Currently, Annie is working on a documentary about diversity that features her choir, the Agape International Choir. Welcome to the show, Annie. Oh, thank you, Kim. So happy to be here. So, Phil, I want to start with you, sir. When you were first diagnosed with cancer, did did you, even in your wildest dreams, think your cancer journey would lead to you being the subject of a critically acclaimed documentary film? I mean, at the time <laughs> of your diagnosis, where did you think your life was heading? <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because... Uh... <laughs> I laughed um, with Annie, at Annie, when she um, <laughs> proposed this movie, you know. Mm. Um, when I, I said, Annie, I'm just a guy walking in the mud. So uh, <laughs> who would be interested? Um, but, you know, who's ready for a cancer diagnosis? Who's ready mm-hmm. for a documentary movie? You know, nobody. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> that's what I can tell you on that. And... Um, you know, at that point, I was leading a normal life. My before my diagnosis, I had a, you know, a family. I had property out here. Uh, I had a business going. Um, you know, everything was quote normal. But uh, yeah, yeah. Here I was with this brand new situation. Yeah, yeah. So, Annie, for our listeners who are not familiar with it, can you tell them what is the Camino de Santiago, and why, why do people walk it? The Camino. De Santiago is a spiritual pilgrimage 
um, in the country of Spain. It ends in the country of Spain, but some people start in France, some people start in Portugal. There's all, you know, really you start at your front door, but you end in a city in northwest Spain called Santiago de Compostela, where the bones of St. James are said to be buried, Um, St. James being one of the disciples of Jesus. So, you know, for some people, for Catholic people and many Christian people, this has a very um, strong religious meaning. But for other Mm -hmm. people, it has more of a spiritual meaning, meaning the idea of a pilgrimage to be closer to God or whatever they think of as God or higher spirit or whatever. And it is very popular these days, and it was popular in medieval times, and then it kind of fell out of popularity to the point where probably just a few people were making the pilgrimage throughout the end of last century, and then um, through a few books and films, it has gained in popularity since um, early 2000s. And now, Mm -hmm. um, a quarter of a million people end up in Santiago de Compostela every year, and many more than that walk, but they don't necessarily go all the way to Santiago. Mm-hmm. 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 So, so it's, Phil, it's a, it's a chance my, to just... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, let me, yeah, let me go on with Phil a little bit. Um, Phil, it's my understanding uh, that your adventure, I'll call it that, began um, because the exercise regimen recommended by your, your cancer care team just wasn't working uh, for you, we certainly know in our work at the cancer support community, we found that uh, that the patients are sometimes afraid to speak up about their experience because they don't want to appear like they're challenging, you know, their doctors. Can you share with our listeners how you told your care team that their recommendation wasn't working for you, and 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 how did they respond? So, relay that conversation for us. Okay, um, I would like to introduce my my. My care team. Actually, I was. Uh, mm-hmm. I had two wonderful doctors at uh, Swedish uh, Cancer Institute, Seattle. Doctor Philip Gold's my oncologist, who I say um, kept me alive, and Doctor David Zucker, who's in charge of the cancer rehabilitation uh, effort there. And I say he put me on the map. So those are my two guys, and um, we have a really close relationship, and it, it's been so helpful. And to answer your question, um, it really wasn't a problem. I just, uh, mm-hmm. they understood what I was saying. I, my original exercise program was um, in, a, in a, you know, uh, what do you call it, in a gym, in a, uh, mm-hmm. um, one of these places with all the machines, right? And sure. I, I just sure. felt like a gerbil or a hamster, you know, going around in a wheel. Mm-hmm. It was just, uh, <laughs> it wasn't me and it was a, Not it for was you. a chore. So I um, asked if I could change over to something different, and they they were, you know, that was fine. No problem. And I didn't have trouble you know, speaking. And so, so, yeah, and is that really, Phil, when the idea of, of, of walking for exercise came to you? I mean, how did this leap happen from that conversation with, I'm not going to that gym or fitness center, to this idea of recreating the, the Camino de Santiago <laughs> on your beautiful property? <laughs> right. Right. There you go. There's a big, um, I don't know if you use the word leap there, but... Um, yeah, I would. I would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? So, um, the word leap is really important because, um, you know, all of a sudden I was going from exercise to mental, spiritual, um, 
recovery program, you know. Um, so uh, I really can't sort of fill you in on everything there. I'm not really privy to it all. It's some sort of divine, you know, sp- in- intervention there. But uh, um, it happened. That's all I know, that it happened. And uh, all of a sudden I was uh, fantasizing uh, being in Spain, I was I had a myth going that was very useful. Uh, you know, you name it, I I had it going there. Yeah, yeah. So, so Annie, and I, 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 I just I, I, I want to say that mentioning, I just. Oh, I, I think it's worth I, mentioning too that that Phil invited his doctors to walk his backyard Camino with him. Mm-hmm. So his doctors have walked with him. His nurses have walked with him. His physical therapists have walked with him. You know, this guy was up there in Seattle, like having all these people come to his backyard to experience Spain. I mean, it's just remarkable. I love it. And I love it. So let's, let's, fill in, let's fill in a little color, Annie, for our listeners. I, I love the movie. Sure. I love the way that you tell Phil's story. But without too many spoilers, tell our listeners what the documentary is about. Take a minute or two to do that. I think the documentary, when I met Phil, I was just blown away by his attitude. And what I saw was a man who had been given a big no in his life. He really, really wanted to go to Spain to walk the Camino. You know, he, he's really into it. And I meet a lot of people who are really into it. He was really into it. And, you know, getting a diagnosis of cancer and having treatments at his hospital every two weeks, that sounds like a no. It sounds like you may want that, but you're not going to get it. And that happens to all of us in many ways in our lives, whether it's relationship or job or, you know, you want something and you get this no. And he just turned that no on its head. He just went, oh, oh, you think I'm not going to Spain? Guess what? I'm going to Spain right here. Right here. I'm going to Spain. Here's where it starts. Let's walk around. Let's make a note in my book. And later I'm going to put it on the map. And I just was blown away by that because a lot of people, myself included, we get a no and we go, oh, poor me. I got a no. It's never going to happen. And this guy created something so magnificent out of a no. So that's what I wanted to capture. And I think we ended up capturing, like, like most documentaries, you, you start with something great, but it ends up even greater. And so just take one more minute, Annie, just to, to, to you know, so we see, we see Phil on this Camino that he created in, in Washington. We see Phil making his way to Spain just fill in yeah, a little more and, color and, for our listeners for the for one more minute before we go to our break here. That, well, that was a big challenge for me, too, because as soon as I met him, I was like, I could make a little film about this. Like, I wished I had had my camera. I wished I had had, you know, a way to film even our first day. Like, it was so fascinating walking and talking with him because Phil is completely himself. He, you know, you don't have to get to know Phil. Like, he's right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as we were walking, he said, you know, I have stage four cancer. I said, yeah, Phil, I, I heard that. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. He goes, there is no stage five. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm getting an A in cancer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. thought, man, this guy, this guy is something else. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know many people who could make that joke. So, so I just, um, I wanted to capture that because I thought, if I ever had that diagnosis, I'd want to know this guy. And I'd want to yeah. hear his story. So he, yeah. you know, we, so that's where we started from. And then, mm-hmm. I, for me, the, the, um, you know, as I started thinking of it in terms of storytelling, it's like, well, I wasn't there when he got the diagnosis. I wasn't there when he made the Camino. How is mm-hmm. this going to unfold? But a lot of mm-hmm. this has been trust. 
just knowing mm-hmm. that I, I'm going to get the story, I'm going to get it in a different way than, mm-hmm. than you know, a mm-hmm. typical, here's a guy before cancer Fantastic. diagnosis, after cancer. Yeah. You know, so it just kind of plays out a little differently, and I think in a really unique and creative way. Terrific. Uh, this is frankly speaking about cancer. Um, we're talking with Phil and Annie. Uh, we've got to take a quick uh, break here. We will be back. Um, uh, I just want to mention that our episode today is brought to you in part by Amgen, uh, Bristol-Myers Squibb, Pharmacyclix, uh, and Biotech, and uh, Insight. Uh, we're talking uh, about Phil and his Camino in, uh, in Washington State and then on to Spain. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm Kim Chibaldo. We'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle coworkers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community a global network of education and hope. Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Magnolia Meals at Home, a new pilot program that aims to help patients by providing nourishing meals to households affected by breast cancer so loved ones can spend more quality time together. This program is currently available in and around two pilot cities, Andover, Massachusetts and Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey. Participants will receive one delivery of meals every month for up to six months when enrolled in the program. Each delivery includes up to seven meals designed to help meet the nutritional needs of people living with breast cancer and 10 meals for family members. This novel program is brought to you by the Azi Women's Oncology Program, Magnolia. Cancer Care, the Cancer Support Community, and Meals on Wheels Association of America. To find out if you or loved ones are eligible, visit online at www.magnoliamealsathome.com or call 617-733-5848. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Celgene, Lilly Oncology, Azi, and Gilead Sciences. I'm your host, Kim Tibaldo. With us today 
are Phil Volker, who is the subject of the documentary film, Phil's Camino, and the film's director and producer, Annie O'Neill. In the film, we follow Phil, who's living with stage four colon cancer, as he dreams of walking the famous pilgrimage route across Spain called the Camino de Santiago. Uh, every time I think about this film, I can't help but think of the quote attributed to the Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu, which says, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Walking for exercise is not so unusual. What is uh, unusual is recreating a 500-mile pilgrimage route across <laughs> Spain in a backyard in order to exercise. Um, uh, Phil, can you uh, describe for our listeners what you created? What do you what do you see uh, when you walk your Camino uh, in in Washington State? Just give us some visuals. Bring that to life for our listeners, if you would. Oh boy, this is my favorite topic. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> one circuit around my uh, Camino is a little over a half mile, and um, we walk that, um, you know, maybe in 10, 15 minutes, um, and uh, it's all on our property here, uh, so that you don't have to deal with uh, cars or, um, you know, other situations, it's just all very peaceful. And it's out around uh, pasture land, and there's some agricultural activity, and uh, we're through a woods, and I uh, cross a small stream. And you might see horses and deer and, uh, you know, other, other uh, um, critters. Mm-hmm. It's the right length. It happens to be the right length. I, I don't know how this happened, but it just happens to be the right length to... Um, say my rosary, my rosary prayer, you know. So um, we set out some bird feeders uh, around uh, the trail, and they appear at places where if you're saying your rosary, you should say you're our father. So what I got going here is a giant rosary, basically. Uh, and <laughs> myself and other mm-hmm. people can walk it and, and say their their prayer, Um without even needing the beads it's it's all right there so that was just an added bonus but in, in one word i would say the whole thing is is peaceful mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know i was struck phil at how how dedicated you were to really recreating the experience and the sense of purpose of the camino in spain you were really really traveling the 500 miles marking marking towns uh you know uh, recreating some some tapas and things that uh, you would have eaten along the way you know how were you able to do this did you had you studied the camino it had been a lifelong dream of yours you know what did you know about it well you know i didn't know much about it and i had a i had seen the movie the way with martin sheen which would mm-hmm. um, sort of started this whole thing. And um, mm-hmm. after my diagnosis, an important fact is that I um, converted to Catholicism after my diagnosis because I just needed that sort of, oh, I needed that sort of depth and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, resources to lean on. I really needed to lean on something. And um, and, and the, the, the pilgrimage is part of Catholic... Uh, you know, a mystery that's part of part of their what they hold dear, and um, so I I I researched and I got detailed maps, and the and the maps had uh, you know um, places and and mileages, and uh, it had little um, notes about history. You know, this is where 
pilgrims of old uh, stopped to wash their feet in the healing water, and this is where bandits uh, hung out, you know, to uh, attack the people on a trail, and all that kind of stuff was really great to to see. And uh, so I kept a logbook, you know, there was dates and times and, mm-hmm. and people mm-hmm. that were with me and what the weather was like. So uh, it's all sort of documented uh, very well. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. what what you know, caused me to do that documentation, but I thought it was valuable mm-hmm. at the time, and it turned out to be, you know, really valuable in hindsight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Phil, so I, as I mentioned earlier, this adventure started really because your doctors wanted to include exercise in your in your treatment plan. So what has been the impact of, of walking your Camino for your, for your overall health, both physically and, and emotionally? What's the impact? Right, right. Well, my uh, cancer rehab doctor, Dr. Zuckers, um, you know, his big um, idea is using exercise as medicine. So that's really what um, I was working with, he was working with um, when we were uh, walking the trail here. And uh, so there's a slow progression, a a gradual strengthening, and um, physically, so that by the time I got done walking the 909 laps, uh, which is corresponds to the 500 miles and uh, you know the trip across Spain. Uh, I was yeah, I was ready to go to Spain. You know, I was ready. I didn't I didn't know it. There was some point you know when it became obvious I could go, but uh, you know most of the most of the walk on my trail was not in the mindset of I'm going to Spain. It was I'm going to do it right here. Mm-hmm. So. You know, there's a parallel in the emotions, too. There's a parallel, you know, that you it gave me a focus. It was a stabilizing force in my life. And, you know, there's a spiritual uh, aspect, too. I was working on my interior spiritual life, and I was very helped by reading Annie's material in her book, um, mm-hmm. uh, The Everyday Camino with Annie. Um, I, was, mm-hmm. I was much involved with that as I was walking. Mm-hmm. So, Annie, tell us, how did you first hear about Phil and his own Camino in Washington State? Well, Phil, um, Phil's wife, who is an absolute powerhouse and beam of light in her own right, <laughs> um, mm. she reached out to me first, and she said, um, my husband has stage 4 cancer, and they had gone to see Walking the Camino Six Ways to Santiago when it was playing in Seattle. So she reached out to me, and then she... Um, she had Phil write to me. And like I said, Phil, you don't have to, Phil doesn't warm up to you. He's just all there all the time. And he wrote me one of the most extraordinary letters I've ever received in my life. And I remember getting his letter, and it was on my computer, and I walked with my laptop into my husband. I said, you got to hear this. <laughs> mm. And he said that he was on Vashon Island, and we were like, where's Vashon Island? And so it was from him seeing Walking the Camino that he reached out to me. And I feel very fortunate to be part of that magnificent film because it is Mm. a beautiful film and it documented my walking across Spain, which was very difficult. And I at first was a little embarrassed by that because it was so difficult. But what I have learned is when you let people in to see the difficult parts of you, they feel very close to you and they reach mm-hmm. out to you. And I've been very lucky to have people reach out to me again and again. Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. just last night, someone um, 
from Canada wrote me a beautiful mm. note. And so, so it was through that. So I'm very lucky um, mm. to have been part of that. So, Annie, you, you had walked the actual Camino in Spain before walking Phil's Camino in Washington. What were both of those experiences like, sort of compare and contrast for me for a minute or two? Yeah, well, you know, that was something that was so incredible to me, was that um, when I went to visit Phil, which he, he wrote me on February 18th, and I went up to see him on March 2nd. I mean, it was like, I got to meet this guy. It was immediate. And, um, you know, he lives on an island, so to get there, it's kind of planes, trains, and automobiles, you know, if you're coming from Southern California. And I was on a ferry, and he picked me up from the ferry, and he brought me in for a cup of tea before we started walking. And I remember sitting at his kitchen table feeling the exact same way that I had felt in Spain right before Mm. I woke up to go walking. I would sit in the albergue, have a cup of tea with someone, chat a little bit, and then we would start walking. And I was so amazed. It was like I was right back in Spain when I was sitting at his cozy kitchen table having a cup of tea with his lovely wife. And we were just chatting. And then Phil and I got ready and we went outside to walk. It was Spain. It was the Camino. It was right there. The only Mm. difference is I didn't get any blisters. <laughs> so Annie, I've only no need, I've only got a couple no quick problem. minutes till our our break here. But Annie, just just tell our listeners really what convinced you that Phil's story would be a great subject for a documentary. Well, I just uh, I I was just so blown away by this man who was quote unquote sick, but was also one of the strongest people I had ever seen. When we were walking, he told me that when he made the Camino, he had a friend come over, and he made the Camino so that a tractor could go on it. So it's not like a little tiny skinny path. A tractor could go on the Camino. So he's telling me this, and he goes, you know, I wanted to make sure that I could always get around it, meaning like if he was unable to walk at some time. And I just was, uh, I still get blown away by that and choked up by that. He was preparing for himself to get sicker, and it's not what happened. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's that's an incredible and, that's an incredible man, and I think we you know documentaries are often about incredible people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And just quickly, uh, very quickly, Annie, my understanding is that Phil didn't immediately agree. Uh, no, he did to, not. To the film is that right? <laughs> I am very persuasive. I am very persistent uh, and very optimistic, and I just kept asking him. And I think, um, you know, he did not see that he was extraordinary. Mm. He thought he was ordinary, and I thought he was extraordinary. So Mm. I had to um, just be persistent. And then Mm -hmm. when we were doing, um, I was mailing him, my book is written as 40 daily readings, and I was mailing them, emailing them to him, and we were kind of going through it together in a small group of people for Lent. And that's when we really bonded, and he was writing back. And I think the back and forth that we developed... Mm -hmm he started mm-hmm. to see that there mm-hmm. was something that we could be a create. different experience. Yeah. Than maybe he expected. This is frankly yeah. speaking about cancer. Um, we've got to take a quick break here. Phil and Annie are going to stay uh, with us. We have a lot more uh, to discuss about this, uh, about Phil's journey and we want to dig in. So don't go away. Uh, this is frankly speaking about cancer. I'm Kim Tebaldo. We'll be right back.
Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Cancer. It's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. Help with finances and access to care. All behind you at Breakaway from Cancer. Created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The cancer support community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. Hi, I'm Nick Nicolaitis, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Community's Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the healthcare process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm your host, Kim Tibaldo. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Agios Helson and Janssen Oncology. We're having a great conversation today with Phil Volker and Annie O'Neill about the the documentary film Phil's Camino. Uh, Annie, I, I do have to confess, I love having artists on the show and finding out, you know, quote unquote, how the magic happens. Um, I know that Phil's story took some unexpected turns, some large, uh, some small. I mean, as a filmmaker, you know, how do you adjust for these? How do you adjust um, to an evolving story? Talk to us a little bit about the process. Well, Making a documentary, you always have the idea of of how it's going to go, but you also know that things are going to happen. So um, when I met Phil and when I was convincing him, I really was interested in his backyard Camino. That, that to me, was the magic, and what he created was the magic. Um, after Phil walked to Spain completely all 500 miles in his backyard, his health was very much improved. It was so improved that his doctors gave him a chemo holiday. That meant Mm -hmm. he could take one chemo treatment off, so he had a chunk of time where he could go to Spain. So that was an incredible surprise, um, but a wonderful surprise and a wonderful Mm -hmm. turn. So it just meant scrambling to get a crew over to Spain. (laughs) But, you know, Mm -hmm. part of documentary filmmaking is a scramble. So that's, Mm -hmm. you know, what you kind of take on. And and there were lots of surprises in Spain, and there were lots of surprises um, at home. So Mm -hmm. we just were lucky to be there with cameras, and then we were lucky to weave it together so that it, it made sense. 
And and that's, you know, you know that's the team. Filmmaking is a is a it takes a village to make a film. It's yeah, a sure. truly collaborative art. And sure. I was very lucky to have wonderful production staff and production people yeah. uh, and supporters yeah. that uh, had it made it happen. Well, congrats to the entire team. Um, uh, Annie, I, I did find it interesting that the film in some ways has two what, what I'll call silent characters. Um, w- one is Vashon Island in Washington, where Phil lives, um, and the other is really northern Spain. And you describe Vashon Island as a quote-unquote moody paradise. And you describe Spain as sun-drenched. And I was, you know, sort of reminded a bit of the Wizard of Oz when Dorothy arrives in Oz. And, and uh, um, you know, what, 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 but really in, in some ways, like, what role do these visually kind of radically opposite locations have in telling uh, Phil's story? Because I did think that that was really prominent in the film. Well, I'm so glad you picked up on that um, Wizard of Oz reference because we felt that too. And... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, when we were shooting in Vashon, it was always moody paradise, moody paradise. Like, that's what we were shooting for. So, you know, from uh, the trees dripping with water to the mists rolling in, all of that we wanted to really capture. You know, I live in Los Angeles, so Seattle and, and Vashon Island is very different. And I think it's a part of the country that's so exquisitely beautiful that most people don't know anything about so I really was pleased to have a chance to really um, photograph Vashon Island, like you said, photograph that character in a very beautiful way to, to show people we have our own kind of rainforest here. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you know, most people try and arrange their Camino during the less, not during the summer, like during the fall or during the spring. But when mm-hmm. Phil got his permission to go, it was in the summer, so he took mm-hmm. it. So it was, it, we knew it would be visually the opposite of where he's from. So we wanted to mm-hmm. really get the bright colors and the, the real high saturation of colors and the sun, the sun, the sun. Yeah, with the sun drenched everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because that would make it so interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, Phil, Phil, I want you to tell us a little bit about how walking the actual Camino in Spain compared to what you had recreated at home? Did it live up to your expectations, exceed your ex- expectations? Were the tapas as good as they are in Washington State? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but seri- you know, seriously speaking, were you, you know, were you prepared physically and emotionally for what you experienced in Spain? You know, convey those emotions to us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, I think I was, I was very well prepared. Uh, I, you know, physically and emotionally and spiritually, and and uh, and I, thusly, I I had a really, um, you know, great time over there, a very um, uh, full time, and um, it. How do they compare? I don't know. I think, I think I had all the elements here that were present there in Spain, but they, you know, in Spain it was just totally expanded and. Uh, you know, beauty, you see so much beauty, you didn't even know where to put it all. You know, at the end of the day, it just was ridiculous. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff was happening in Spain. And people were amazing. The people that you meet, the people that come into your life. Uh, Camino attracts a really interesting, wonderful set of people from all over the world. And uh, mm-hmm. they were there for you, you know, to find out about. 
So um, it, it was, uh, you know, how did it compare? You know, there's another aspect i got to mention that when you go there, I think the best way to go there is to go with an attitude of being open and um, not having major expectations, but just to see what, what it's going to do, what, it, what it's all about, and uh, let the Camino provide. That's what they say, the Camino provides. It's going to take care of you. So that's, mm-hmm. that's really uh, the story there, and it, it was comparable. You know, uh, one was a miniature of the other. So, you know, Phil, so I I know that, you know, we've we've talked about the fact that you had your medical teams okay to make this trip. Um, But was your was your family worried about you? Were you worried? Did you ever think maybe you had gotten in over your head a little bit? I mean, you know, talk us through that a little bit, that that decision making process. (laughs) Um, You know, I think uh, the most worried was my oncologist, you know. Uh-huh, he wanted uh-huh. to make sure that you know he was he's basically the adult in the situation my dear <laughs> dr Cole. no truthfully uh yeah, yeah. Uh, and he um he did a really great job and i and I went with a fistful of uh paperwork and letters uh just in case something went wrong that you know doctors there would understand what uh, treatment I was getting and uh mm-hmm. you know where I was at in the treatment and what would you know what would need to happen in case something went wrong and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, they, both my doctors, um, lived up to that. Um, and then my family was fine. Uh, my, you know, Rebecca, my dear wife was, uh, looking at me like at a certain point and going, you better go, you know, I mean, here you're talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. You just better go. Uh, and I do have to mention that, you know, just through, uh, the whole thing became possible and the whole movie really became possible too because of a series of sort of miracles, small miracles that happened. And one of the things that did happen was um, $17,000 showed up out of the blue and uh, at the right time. And there I was and Rebecca looks at me like, okay, what's your excuse now? You know, so, uh, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I got, I got approval from everybody. You know, and uh, mm-hmm. and and I uh, I was I was prepared. Tell us, tell us, uh, t- take a moment to tell us about your friend who joined you, <laughs> Kelly, my friend Kelly. I have mm-hmm. to say, Kelly, I, I I was looking for somebody to walk with me, and um, I was driving in the rain at night on Vashon Island, and uh, you know I was coming down like cats and dogs, and I'm. Um, you know, my nose is two inches from the windshield, and um, I'm driving, and I see this guy walking by the side of the road. This guy's out in the rain, you know, hiking, and I go, that guy, that's the guy I want to go with me to Spain. <laughs> <laughs> that guy right there, and I got him. I got that guy. It was Kelly. Uh, magnificent guy, and it, we just were like Laurel and Hardy. We were outstanding partners, so... Yeah, that's Kelly. Nice, fantastic. Um, just quickly, Andy, before we go to our next um, our next break here, so you know, you you, you uh, talk about the differences of sort of documenting Phil in Washington State and documenting him in Spain, and really being part of that uh, that lifelong dream coming true for him. Well, I I want to before I even say that, I just want to say when you asked Phil like. Was he scared? Was, you know, was his medical team? Yeah. I have to say, I was kind of terrified. <laughs> <So> <laughs> <in the space. laughs> 
I, I was happy, and I was excited, yeah. and I was also yeah. kind of terrified. So I had prepped my team with a, you know, mm-hmm. they always had to know where the nearest medical place was and things like uh-huh. that, too. Yep. Um, yep. But it also gave me a chance to, I really bonded with one of his doctors during that time because mm-hmm. I was on the phone with his doctor a lot when, he, when I would get too nervous and I would call him and say, do you think he's okay now? Do you think he's okay now? And... Um, I I think that his doctor, getting to know his doctor also made me realize how important his medical team is in this whole picture. And his medical team is amazing. And I've been so impressed with all of the times we've showed the film when other people talk about how their medical teams are amazing and how mm-hmm. intimate a relationship that really is yes. that Phil has with his team. It's really, I never knew about that. Um, but if I can still answer, what, how was it different in Washington State than in Yeah, just quickly, uh, anything. Yep. Spain. I sent a team to Spain. So I had prepped the team. I told them what I was looking for, the themes I was looking for. But I didn't go myself to Spain because I was actually on tour with walking the Camino Six Ways to Santiago at, that, mm-hmm. at the time mm-hmm. when Phil could go. And I wasn't going to ask Phil, hey, could you postpone that until I'm done with my tour? <laughs> yeah. You know, you let the guy go when, he, when the doctors say he can go. Right. Right. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, this is frankly speaking about cancer. Uh, we're really having a great uh, conversation with our guest, Phil and Annie, today. Um, uh, truthfully, we've got a lot more uh, to cover with them. We're, uh, we're, we're, um, we're going to take a quick uh, commercial break. Uh, I'm Kim Tebaldo. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355. Or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. People living with breast cancer often find it difficult to ask for help, and many of the people in their lives want to help but don't know how. During National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Cancer Support Community is proud to support Meal Trains sponsored by Magnolia, which utilizes Mealtrain.com, a free shared online calendar to streamline the process of giving and receiving meals for families coping with breast cancer. Help us reach our goal of 1,000 new breast cancer-specific meal trains this October. To learn more, visit Mealtrain.com slash MMT and enter the code MAGNOLIAB or visit us at cancersupportcommunity.org. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. 
plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Pharma. Taiho Oncology and Takeda Oncology. I'm your host, Kim Tebalda. We have uh, been having an incredible conversation with Phil Volker and Annie, Annie O'Neill. Uh, Phil, one of the challenges that people face when they come home from epic journeys of, of any kind is holding on to those new perspectives, the feelings, the lessons learned as we try to like reintegrate into our, our normal lives. So how was it for you to come home you know, after such an extraordinary journey? Wow, that's an amazing topic, and and it was an incredible train wreck when I, <laughs> mm, for me mm, to come home. Mm. Uh, but if it's not a train wreck, uh, I think that you really didn't do anything different. You know, it was too much like your old old uh, experience. So um, I, it was very very interesting coming back, and it took me a couple months to stabilize really. But the key to the whole thing. Um, is this, there's this, a notion or a saying that once you get to Santiago, you know, the city that you were traveling, walking is 500 miles, once you get to Santiago, your Camino begins. And, um, you know, I've, I've chewed on that and chewed on that and uh, uh, trying to figure that out. And, and, and what that really means is what you're saying, is how do you, how do you take all those lessons back and, and you know, you know, work with that in your life. How do you how do you do that? And that's really the reentry part of it. It's a very important uh, process. Um, so, I was having a really hard time till I discovered something, and it was um, and it was just this. If I can just say this really briefly, that um, I was trying to take things out of Spain and put them in my old life. I was trying to say, oh, I like that person. Okay. I like that mm-hmm. recipe. Okay. I liked the, you know, that, uh, that picture. I liked that idea. And I was trying to put them in my old life and it, it just wasn't working taking those, doing it that way. And all of a sudden I reversed the process and I started taking things out of my old life, little tokens and putting them in my new way of thinking. Can you see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I was taking mm-hmm. um, I was taking things uh, the the total opposite. In other words, my whole ground had changed. My whole way of thinking had had totally been changed, and I didn't realize how substantial that was until mm-hmm. that point. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's that's really how amazing it was. Phil, are you still walking your Camino on Bashan Island? Oh yes, I am, and people come and uh, we walk together. In the rain and snow or whatever, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how are you feeling, Phil? Well, I'm pretty darn good. I'm uh, I'm sort of beat up, um, you know, but I'm in the race, and uh, that's that's my story right now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, any, I, um, I, you know, I mentioned earlier that we heard about your wonderful film through our president, Linda House, who saw the film at a film festival in uh, in Indianapolis. Um, oh yeah. So, um, Andy, can you give us a sense of how listeners can find out about the film? If it's you know coming to a theater near them, is there a website? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, our website is philscamino.com, and that's the way that you can get in touch with me, you can get in touch with Phil, you can get in touch with um, our distributors, Sherry and Steve. And um, we're mostly doing community screenings, so if this is something that you would like to show in your community, whether that's a church or a book club or a cancer survivor group or a hospital, or, just, or, or if you're a Camino enthusiast, um, we have, there's Camino groups all over. We can arrange that through Sherry and Steve and just um, drop an email. If you go to philscamino.com, you can, uh, I think it says connect or contact us and just drop an email there or philscamino at gmail. And, you know, you can just keep in touch with us. We, we would love to keep in touch with you. And we'd love, we love showing this film and it's been incredible having Phil came with us to Heartland. That Heartland is the only place that we have shown the longer version called Phil's Camino So Far So Good. We had our world premiere there and Phil was there and Rebecca and a bunch of our Camino friends and our film friends who just decided they would come to Heartland and, and watch the world premiere with us and it was just wonderful. Wow, fantastic. Um, so, uh, guys, our show is, uh, we're, we're getting close to the end of our show here, but Phil, I just want to ask you, again, because we do have so many cancer patients and cancer survivors, uh, you know, who, uh, who are listening to the show today, and, um, you know, w- what advice do you have for someone living with cancer, perhaps someone particularly living with advanced cancer, metastatic cancer, um, you know, obviously, you've, you're, 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 you're real life living this experience right now. And, you know, what would you say to folks who, who are listening who might maybe need some words of encouragement? Well, um, yeah, and this is really my sort of my life's work right now, I've, I've re- come to realize. And I'm, uh, I, um, I'm trying to express these things that I've found out about, that I've found. Uh, and, and I think one of the major things that we have to do as 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 we get this diagnosis and as we move along in the process is is to um, really fight fear. I think fear is our biggest enemy, and it it may be more powerful than the cancer itself. Um, so if we can take in anything that we can save, any kind of energy that we can save from from being fearful, we can plow back into our health. And I think that's really the basis of my. Uh, my message. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and um, Annie, can you tell our listeners again? Just tell them the website and um, and, sure. and again how they can learn more and connect with you. That would be, I think, really important. Yeah, almost a couple times a week, I will get an email for Phil and just forward it to him. It's from philscamino.com or philscamino at gmail.com. And uh, you know, I, I do want to say that I walked the Camino even more than once. Um, Phil's walked the Camino in Spain once, but he's had over 300 people go to his house and walk with him. So that's pretty amazing. So that doesn't happen to just any pilgrim. That's from Phil and just being able to get this message out. And he just invites people. We'll be at a screening, and he'll go, yeah, if you, if you want to come to Vashon, just drop me a, an email, philscamino.com, and I'll tell you what the schedule is. 
And so people <laughs> from all over have gone to walk with them. And I just try and gently say, be sure to bring some tapas. Because <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> all mm-hmm. of the walks end with tapas. And, um, you know, the, there is an expression with the Camino. The Camino doesn't give you what you want. It gives you what you need. Mm-hmm. And I think about that expression a lot with this mm-hmm. film and with Phil and with my own personal story. And it's just, you know, the, the spiritual aspect of the Camino never goes mm-hmm. away. And mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons he was able to do it had to do also with his spiritual attack and his spiritual preparation. And it's something that mm-hmm. people forget a lot when they prepare to walk mm-hmm. the Camino. They get very excited mm-hmm. with the yeah. physicality of it. But the spirituality yeah. of it, he, he was so ready spiritually. You yeah. know? And yeah. he's, that's what he's made his life. His life is so mm. spiritual that we all uh, are drawn to him. Yeah, that's a great way to end the show, Annie. Thank you uh, for those comments. It's really been a pleasure having both of you on the show. And again, I, I, I encourage our listeners to visit the website, philscamino.com. Uh, I want to thank folks for joining us for Frankly Speaking About Cancer and remind folks that we have a host of free services for people with all cancers at any stage of their disease. You can visit us at cancersupportcommunity.org. You can call us right now at 888 888- to speak to one of our uh, outstanding counselors. Again, www.cancersupportcommunity.org. Thanks for joining us for Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm Kim Tibaldo. Until next time, be well, do well, live well. Thank you for joining us for Frankly Speaking About Cancer with your host, Kim Tibaldo. We're here for you every Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. In the meantime, stay connected online at cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. Support Community.org.